Greetings, game music lovers, and welcome to another episode of BG Mania B-Sides. Today we're going to be exploring the wonderful and diverse soundtrack of Paranormasite, The Seven Mysteries of Honjo. And we're going to start things off by listening to the main theme. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for joining us for another episode of BG Mania B-Sides. I'm your host, Bet Roth, and before I get started, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast you're using to listen, and drop us a quick rating or review. It does help the show to grow in terms of visibility, and we really appreciate it. Remember that we're also on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Take a look at the tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel so inclined, drop us a couple of bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload does wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to our current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. Paranormasite, The Seven Mysteries of Honjo, was released on March 8, 2023 for iOS and Windows, and March 9, 2023 for Android and Switch. 
published by Square Enix and developed by Xene, this horror visual novel was directed by Yoshihito Okuno and Takanari Ishiyama, who was also the writer on the game. It was produced by Kazuhiro Kawakami and Kazuma Oushu, programmed by Naoki Takeshita, and features art direction and design by Jin Kobayashi and Junko Sumimizu. And most importantly for our purposes today, the game was composed by Hironori Iwasaki. For those who are not familiar, Paranormasite is set in the Showa period in Tokyo's Sumida City. It is a spine-chilling ghost story collection centered around several protagonists who possess the power of curses, granted to them by various curse stones. You play from the viewpoint of these characters and investigate the mysteries of Honjo. What these curse stones do is enable you to bring one person back to life, but only if you use the power of curses to kill a certain number of people. There are a variety of mysteries to solve, seven to be precise, if you didn't catch that in the subtitle, and from everything I have seen, or anyone who may be interested in checking the game out after you hear the soundtrack today, brace yourself. It is a very gritty game, deals with some very, very dark subject matter, and does feature some gory and violent visuals. Uh, the game is rated M, so please be aware. However, fortunately, the soundtrack is suitable for all ages and is definitely a delight to explore. The opening that we listened to was the main theme, which was arranged by Iwasaki and also the orchestrator, Natsumi Kameoka. These two arranged all of the tracks we'll be hearing today, although the soundtrack does also feature bassist and arranger Ryu Kawamura. We'll be listening to 10 of the tracks on the 19-track soundtrack, which is available, uh, last I checked, for about $35 US in two discs, one with 10 tracks and one with 9 tracks. And that main theme really sets the tone for what we're going to be listening to today. I love the eeriness of the track. Those haunting vocals are going to come back in several of the songs that we listen to today. The main theme also showcases the excellent production value and instrumentation used in the score. And I, I can't wait to get into the rest of what we're talking about. But before I do, um, I want to quote one of the reviewers that I read as I was preparing for this episode. Uh, this is Mitz at NovaCrystallis.com. And they say, It's also worth it to know that the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal. From the main menu theme to the ending, Paranormasite has plenty of wonderfully varied and totally consistent tracks that greatly enhance the reading experience and match the energy of certain sequences perfectly. This is all largely due to the fact that the soundtrack is done by Hironori Iwasaki, who's done plenty of in-house work on a multitude of projects. While it is a soundtrack that is obviously limited by its budget to an extent, the tracks are never repeated enough to feel like they lack variation throughout the story, and their adeptness at matching the energy of certain scenes only helps strengthen their place within my memory. Now, I have not played this game, but... When I was putting together my playlist for the Best of 2023 episode for BG Mania proper, this soundtrack blew me away. It was really, really hard for me to figure out what track I wanted to go with on that episode, but I'm glad I picked the one I did. And for anybody who hasn't listened to the episode yet, that was Crime Busting with a Smile, a nice, upbeat, jazzy number that, um, well... 
that I just fell in love with. And you're going to hear me say that a lot because it applies to a lot of the tracks on this playlist. And as you're going to hear, there's a lot of variety here. I know I keep harping that, but you know what? Let me just go ahead and play the second track of the episode. And hopefully that will show you a little bit of what I'm talking about. Uh, you all know I love me a good waltz. And I think there was a piece uh, in my last episode from Fantasian that reminded me of Professor Layton. And this one does too. It's a relatively short loop, but it's a really delightful little ditty. And let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to listen to The Storyteller from Paranormicite, The Seven Mysteries of Hanjo. This was composed by Hironori Iwasaki, but it was arranged, again, by both Iwasaki and Kameoka. Let's take a listen to the storyteller. I kind of wish that I had at least watched some of this playthrough, although it is totally outside of my wheelhouse as far as genres that I would usually play or watch, so I would know a little more about where these songs take place. But I feel like this one must happen in some sort of cutscene or story update hub based on the title, and if so, the song seems to fit perfectly. It's got the game's signature darkness, but also a bit of curiosity. I love all the percussion, especially the ticking clock. It lends itself really well to that 3-4 time. And funnily enough, when I was listening through to the soundtrack in preparation for this episode, Shukapau was sitting in the room behind me and heard this track. 
and I could hear her humming it for <laughs> the next several minutes. And when I shouted to her to ask about a certain instrument in a later track, she said, oh yeah, that's what it is. And what was that track that you played earlier? And I immediately knew which one she was talking about. <laughs> well, I decided to uh, break up some of my talking points in this episode because uh, last time that intro really ran a little bit long. So before I get into the next track, I, I want to mention a fun fact about director Takanari Ishiyama, who again was also the game's writer. And I read an interview with Ishiyama-san on... Um, forgive me, on a website I, I don't quite recall now, but I, I just want to pull out one thing that, that he said. He was asked if he could only listen to one Square Enix soundtrack or album ever again, what would it be? And he said it was Dragon Quest Three. He says at one point he found a soundtrack LP that had sheet music included for Dragon Quest Three, and that seeing it made him want to do music as well, and that that led him to where he is today, that he started out in the game industry as a sound creator. And I can't help but think that that must have lent itself to the excellent sound design and sound creation of, um, of Iwasaki's soundtrack. Iwasaki has been involved with Square for 25 years, almost 26 years. Uh, he joined back in 1998 and has worked alongside some of Square Enix's most popular composers, past and present, as a synthesizer operator. And there's not a whole lot of synth in this soundtrack. Uh, you, you, can, you can hear it here and there, but what's interesting is just how orchestral this soundtrack is. And not in like a big symphonic way, but in that it uses real instruments and in a variety of genres. And it sounds like all of them are just were written by somebody who knows them inside and out. Um, Iwasaki, as, as I mentioned, partnered with uh, quite a few people. Um, Hirosato Noda, Neino Shimizuda, Nobuo Uematsu, uh, as a synthesizer operator. Um, he has probably worked most often, though, with friend and work partner Kumi Tanioka. One of their most famous works is Final Fantasy IX in 2002, which both Iwasaki and, again, director Takanari Ishiyama have fond memories of. And we'll talk a little more about Iwasaki-san as we go on. But now, let's go ahead and get into our third track of the episode. This one is the closest thing we're going to get to a title track. It is moody and melancholy, and it features some simple guitar and piano over the occasional chant, but it's some of the effects that are thrown in that really make this song interesting. Uh, this one was arranged um, solo by Iwasaki, and it is just called Seven Mysteries. Thank you. 
again, moody and melancholy. I love the distortion and the static that is thrown in um, as the song sort of evolves. I imagine this is also kind of a story beat where maybe you learn about the seven mysteries or maybe it's a song that plays as you learn about each mystery and are briefed on on what the detective knows uh, and maybe it helps you access a plan for solving them. Uh, I picture it sort of like a table of contents of sorts. Again, I may be completely off base. I definitely encourage anybody who has played this game to comment and tell me a little bit about it. Uh, the melodic shift at two minutes really makes the 6-8 rhythm stand out. And speaking of comments, uh, I'd like to go ahead and shout out a couple of comments that I just loved receiving uh, when I posted this episode. Uh, Kung Fu Carlito mentioned, I love this. I've been holding off on listening to Fantasian music, and this was the perfect taste of the soundtrack. Looking forward to more Bedrock B-Sides. Carlos is a dear friend in the VGM community. Uh, he and I have been talking now off and on for several years, and I uh, really consider him a close compadre in this, in this little realm that we found. So, Carlos, thank you very much for that. Oh, and I'll mention that Kung Fu Carlito also is the host of the Heroes 3 podcast, along with uh, two other friends of his, uh, Michael and Marty, which where, where they explore uh, Asian cinema. And if you are into that at all, then I definitely um, guarantee you're going to enjoy it if you check that show out. The second comment comes from Professor Tom, who is the host of the Shujin Academy VGM Club. And he said, Fantasian is a great soundtrack, so it's a wonderful place to start this. Thanks, Tom, and I couldn't agree more. I feel like you and I may have talked about Fantasian at one point. I know that we both love Uematsu, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode because I know you're a big fan of Persona, and I get some of those jazzy vibes a little bit later in the playlist, so you'll have to let me know if you agree. Finally, Jungle Toad said, I'm just learning about this soundtrack, thanks to you, and it is lovely. Thanks so much for that, Jungle Toad. And I said finally, but I have to say uh, one more here from very big friend of the show, Zanku. Uh, he said, great first episode, excellent OST choice, almost makes me want to denounce my prejudice against everything Apple. <laughs> yeah, because Fantasian right now is locked to Apple devices, so yeah, but <laughs> you know, nothing is perfect. Except maybe the soundtrack to Paranormal Site. And speaking of which, let's go ahead and get into the fourth track of the playlist. This is called Curse Echoes. Again, it was arranged just by Iwasaki. And you know what? I think the, the title itself speaks to what you can expect from this track. So let's go ahead and get into it. Once again, from Paranormal Site, The Seven Mysteries of Honjo. This is Curse Echoes.
All right, this one sounds very creepy and dangerous. The dissonance, the chants, the low strings, all of them lend to an atmosphere of moody dread. This is definitely the creepiest track so far, maybe the creepiest track of the episode, we'll see. And it's perfect for the game's overall tone. Well, I mentioned we talk a little more about Iwasaki-san. As I said, he has been involved at Square since 1998, where his uh, first episode was as a musician, specifically synthesizer operator, on a game called Another Mind. He continued over the next couple of years serving as synth operator on Chocobo Racing in 1999, Threads of Fate, also called Dew Prism, also in 1999, and then in 2000 on Vagrant Story and Racing Lagoon. His first job as a composer, his big break, so to speak, was in 2003, where he was featured as a composer and arranger on Front Mission First. This was a uh, precursor. All of that was on the Sony PlayStation. And this was a precursor to his work later that year on Front Mission 4 on the PlayStation 2, where he was given even more range and opportunity to grow. And since then, he has worked on a couple of other Front Mission games and also on Final Fantasy IX for the most part. Uh, also in 2003's Final Fantasy IX Rise of the Zillart. And he worked on the PlayStation, PS2, the PC, the GameCube, and w- worked on quite a few games as a composer, arranger, performer, sound programmer, lots of different stuff between 1998 and 2005. And we'll get into a little bit more of some of his later stuff. But now, let's get into a couple of little more laid-back songs. I'll go ahead and feature these closer to back-to-back because I feel like they they go really well together. Uh, The first one, this is our first track that was arranged by Natsumi Kameoka. Again, all the tracks were composed by Iwasaki, but uh, Kameoka did help feature as an orchestrator and arranger on some of these tracks. Laid-back... Well, it certainly is. It's got sweeping strings anchored by, again, by the piano and guitar. And it's all gorgeous and evocative. And then the oboe, the instrument I had to ask Shukapau about, the oboe that comes in around the one minute mark just adds another layer. I can't get enough of this song. It's pure melancholy. I love it to pieces. Brian, I know you're going to love these two songs. And yeah, let's start this pair by listening to Laid Back. Again, arranged by Kameoka.
And next up, we're going to listen to Somber Sky. This one was arranged by Iwasaki. It certainly is somber. The keening strings over the two guitars are simply heartbreaking, and the melody on the second guitar that comes in just before the 32nd mark is melancholy made manifest. Then there's a strummed instrument that comes in at 120, perhaps a mandolin. It is paired beautifully with the bowed strings. And then just when you think you've heard it all, the guitar comes back at the two-minute mark with a new riff, and the tune keeps evolving. It's a gorgeous, sad, and very enjoyable listen. Once again, arranged and composed by Iwasaki, let's take a listen to Somber Sky. Thank you. 
All right, once again, that was Somber Sky from Paranormacite, The Seven Mysteries of Hanjo, composed and arranged by Hidenori Iwasaki. Getting a little bit more into Iwasaki's catalog here, I want to talk a little more about the Front Mission 4 plus first uh, soundtracks. This was a sort of a compilation that he worked on in 2003, and it was really a turning point in his career. The first two discs, featuring 50 tracks of this gargantuan work, comprises original compositions for Front Mention 4, and Ryo Yamazaki, who was the synthesizer operator for this OST, was designated eight tracks to produce for this part of the score. Iwasaki-san created the rest of it. The other two discs, which comprise 47 tracks, consist of Iwasaki's arrangement of Noriko Matsueda and Yoko Shimomura's scores for Front Mission, which was released eight years earlier. After 2003, Iwasaki continued to work on several different games for Square, uh, including some of the highlights here being Mario Sports Mix in 2010, Demon Score in 2012, The Final Fantasy Curtain Call in 2014, where he uh, served as music data support, and then he his first directing jobs were as music director on Adventures of Mana in 2016 for the PS Vita and Saga Scarlet Grace in 2018 for Windows. And before we get into his last few years of composition, a little bit more of his back catalog, let's change gears and listen to another sultry, jazzy piece that would have paired really well with the track I brought for the BG Mania Best of 2023 episode. This is Mocking Bop, composed and once again arranged by Hidenori Iwasaki. <laughs>
Oh, man, I could listen to that track forever. That is Mocking Bop, and it certainly is a bop. Once again, a smoky, sultry, jazzy good time with cool drums, honky-tonk piano, and way past cool brass and upright bass. It feels out of place in a horror game, more like something you'd hear in a noir detective story, but I am really glad it's here. It's one of my favorite tracks on the list. And again, just makes me think, I really wish I knew where some of this happened in-game. This... uh, uh, I'm guessing one of the mysteries takes you into some kind of nightclub or something. I don't know, but (laughs) whatever, whatever reason it's here. And again, I am glad. The next track we're going to listen to is the only one that I think is um, connected to a particular character in the game. It's called Psychic Girl. And there is a particular character on the game's official website, paranormasite.square-enix-games.com. Uh, named Yoko Fukunaga, who has an interest in the paranormal due to her ability to see things others cannot. That's pretty straightforward and almost guarantees that this track is about her and probably features when you're talking to her in the game. And once again, this track is called Psychic Girl. It was composed by Iwasaki, but this one was arranged once again by Natsume Kamioka.
And for Psychic Girl, we go back to the harpsichord. This one also does feature some synthesizer work and haunting soprano vocalizations. The organ that comes in at the one minute mark, ushering in the B part, is just beautiful. And then the organ takes center stage around the 1.30 mark, and it's ominous as hell. <laughs> All around, an impressive theme for Miss Yoko Fukunaga, if indeed that is the character that this track plays for. So to round out some of what we've been talking about regarding Hidonori Iwasaki, he is featured at, just as music on several games after 2019. Uh, Left Alive for PlayStation 4 and Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon Everybody for 2019 on Nintendo uh, in 2019 for Nintendo Switch. He then returns to music directing for Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition, coming full circle on some of his early pivotal work on Final Fantasy IX. And he also worked at, worked on sound manipulators for Legend of Mana in 2021, specifically for Windows. Finally, he has been featured as a composer for Chocobo GP in 2022 for Nintendo Switch, Stranger Paradise Final Fantasy Origin in 2022 for PlayStation 4, and finally for Paranormosite, the game that we are talking about today. And now, let's go ahead and move into kind of an anomaly on the soundtrack, but let's go ahead and listen to it, and we'll talk about it when we come back. This one, composed as everything else was by Hironori Iwasaki, but was once again arranged by Natsume Kameyoka, and it is called Downtown Dwellers.
I'm not sure if it's weird or perfect that this track sounds like an RPG village theme, but maybe it's both. <laughs> Special shout out to the Canon ND progression and the harmonica and electric bass that tag team this track. I love that the transition around the 1 minute 35 second mark reminds me of the Mother series. <laughs> Another unexpected gem in the soundtrack for a game like this, and one of the tracks that really made the score stand out so much for me. Again, I can't get enough of the diversity of the soundtrack. You've got these really laid-back and somber, pun intended, themes. Uh, you've got the really creepy, eerie themes like Curse Echoes. Uh, and then you've got the kind of weird little outstanding ones, like, again, the track I brought for the BG Mania Best of 2023 episode, Mocking Bop, Downtown Dwellers, and The Storyteller. And before we close out, uh, I want to give a quick little shout-out to a couple of things here. First, um, you might want to look up a YouTube video, if you can find it, of the Star Oceans concert in 2000... Star Oceans, sorry, the Star Onions concert in 2004. Um, this was an interesting role that Iwasaki played. Uh, the Star Onions band was originally comprised of Iwasaki and Kumitani Yoka on piano, uh, Tsuyoshi Sakito on guitar, and Naoshi Mizuda on bass guitar. This particular soundtrack... Uh, or this particular concert was featured during the Final Fantasy Chains of Promethea special night on September 11, 2004. The concert featured six items, including Gustaberg, and its live performance was featured as a bonus track on the Final Fantasy Chains of Promethea original soundtrack. So, yeah, you might want to go check that out if you want to see Iwasaki-san in action. I love it when these composers get together and make these bands, like Nobuo Uematsu and Earthbound Papas. It's just, it's just really, really cool. And that is going to bring us to the close of BG Mania B-Sides, made possible by RPGera.com. I do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check out our description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. And then before we get to our final track, I've got one more quote for you. This was written by Chris for the Square Enix Music Online marketing site. Uh, this is squareenixmusic.com, and it's uh, Iwasaki's specific page there. Really cool little place where you can check out biographies of some of the Square composers. And I definitely want to give credit there. This, uh, this is a really cool quote. So long as Hidenori Iwasaki retains his abilities to create atmosphere, manipulate timbers in a unique way, and make awesome battle themes, the score will be an outstanding success. The future looks bright for Mr. Iwasaki, and it seems that the Square managers realize what a talented individual he is, having seen him progress admirably from synthesizer operator to remixer to arranger to composer. And Chris, I couldn't have said it better. Taking us out of the episode... We're going to listen to actually the only track I featured out of order. Everything else was uh, in order in the soundtrack. This is not the final track of the soundtrack. Uh, it actually is featured before Downtown Dwellers on the official, which I don't know if that means that these are the same order they are in the game. But for what it's worth, this is the track that I thought would best serve us as a closeout track. I like it just a little bit better than the actual closeout on the soundtrack. This is called I'll Be Close By. And it's got another shout-out to the understated main theme that you may recognize from a few of the tracks we've heard today. This track is the perfect send-off for you all. It has echoes of several of this episode's picks, especially Psychic Girl, Somber Sky, and Downtown Dwellers. I hope it leaves you all with a sense of hope tinged with just a bit of sadness and mystery. 
once again, composed by Iwasaki and arranged by Iwasaki and Kamioka. Let's take a listen to I'll Be Close By. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for BG Mania B-Sides.